Hello, and welcome to Husband and Wife Time, a podcast celebrating Lifetime movies. I'm Matt Caprilletti. And I'm Elizabeth Blickle. And we're here today to talk about the 2017 film, The Wrong Student. The movie opens with Amber, played by... Played by Kennedy Tucker. And Aunt Kelly. Played by Jessica Morris. Who have recently moved to a new town because Amber's parents both died. Right. Right off the bat, I want to note that this entire movie was filmed so that the center of the picture is in focus and the edges are blurred, which kept making me think there was something wrong with my eyesight. And in case it's not clear from that, let me describe what that effect was like. At times, Aunt Kelly's hair, half of it would be crystal clear and half of it would be completely blurred. Or like Maddie, who we'll introduce in a minute, would be holding up an iPhone filming someone and half of the phone would be in focus and half would be out of focus. (laughs) Part of the screen. Mm -hmm. There was no attention given, I'm saying, to like framing of what parts would be blurred and what parts would be in focus. Clearly an artistic choice on behalf of director David Ducateau. It it was distracting. I found it distracting more than anything. Also, while we're here in Aunt Kelly and Amber's house... Let's talk columns. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Why? We're talking structural columns, right? Why were there so many ionic columns inside the house? (laughs) Everyone knows it's Doric or Corinthian or nothing. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't think we would bring you the classics. I didn't realize that ever in a Lifetime movie would it bring back my knowledge of the the three types of ancient Greek columns, <laughs> but there were an above average number of columns inside this house. Yeah. And in case, based on the columns, you hadn't already guessed the aesthetic of the whole house, I will tell you, it was lots of gilt, <laughs> lots of dark floral upholstery, and lots of heavy dark wood. Ann Kelly's like in her 30s. This is not a home for a woman in her 30s and her teenage niece who are making a fresh start. The house just felt heavy and dark and old-fashioned. Yeah, they've moved across the country from New York, I believe. You want something light and breezy. You just moved it. I think it's intended to be California. You want something cozy. I would say the daughter is grieving. I mean, the sister of the... The aunt is the sister of someone who died. So yes. she's obviously grieving Her too. Her father. Amber's father. Amber's father. We're yes. getting tangled now. But um, but they're both grieving. I would say you want a house with like a cozy sectional that you can kind of just sink in. And there should be lots of throw blankets around. Okay. So that you can like burrow and nest. It just feels... And think about starting off a new school in a, yes. in a, in a new state. Can we also discuss while we're here that there are two of them and this house must be at least 6,000 square feet. Yeah, it's pretty massive. I tried to clap eyes on the thing. (laughs) It is huge. And that just feels excessive for two people to me. People are entitled to spend their money how they want to, but they're going to need like an intercom system or walkie talkies to communicate with each other. In the wings of the house. And Kelly can make her real estate choices, I guess. And, uh, and, and and we're here to talk about them. She can. It just felt like, I don't know. You're both grieving. Shouldn't you be like, you should have your own spaces to grieve privately. But also, shouldn't it feel more like cozy? The whole yeah, house just sure. felt very... It felt like a place you would go to continue your depression. Not to try to find mm-hmm. light after right not that you ever get over it but you know what i mean okay so now that i've established you in this lifetime interiors by liz blickle a subsegment well as i've previously mentioned if i notice your interior design choices you have gone astray it is a problem if i notice it and i would say 
most people probably would have seen the ionic columns and been like, it is a problem. This is a problem. They were not structural. At a certain point, they can't be structural, okay. right? <laughs> One of those might be structural. Something had to be holding up something Fif- somewhere. 15 columns in a house. If all of those are structural, you needed a better contractor. <laughs> And we'll bring you the movie about which contractor not to use in a few weeks. (laughs) Okay. I had to just establish you in this world. But moving on. So Anne Burnett Kelly have moved to this new town in this glorious house because her parents died. And next we meet... Maddie. Played by... Played by Evan Friedman. Who is filming Coach Dominic, played by... Jason Shane Scott, a lifetime heavyweight. Heavyweight. She's filming him from behind a building. He sees her. She comes over. There's like a soccer practice happening and he's a soccer coach. And so she uh, fangirls over him and his past career as a soccer player. Yeah, he played for the Dragons and her parents always took her to see uh coach dominic play but he apparently had an injury at some point in time which is now why he's turned to coaching and coaching high school not college or professional so he i would i would guess he was not the star player of that team based on coaching high school but he's got fifa trophies it is said later in the film (laughs) so later uh we need to reconcile that with uh so As with the house, I have so many thoughts, obviously, about all of the things we've just described. First of all, as with past high school movies, we are not going to describe the teenagers' looks in great detail. All I'm going to say is that both Amber and Maddie are brunettes of a similar height and build, and that is important for you to know for later. Yep. But on the note of soccer practice, I want to tell you that most of the girls at this practice are wearing knee-high socks and no shin guards. They are not prepared to play soccer. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why that bothered me, but it did. Well, soccer is the only sport you actually like, so... (laughs) Yes. So while we are introducing to you characters and their looks... I would like to briefly rest on Jason Shane Scott, who will come up repeatedly. Jason Shane Scott looks like a guy who can't wait to tell you about this amazing new protein powder he's trying (laughs) that's taken his fitness game to a whole new level. This is a guy who knows his way around P90X. (laughs) Since we're talking about Jason Shane Scott, though, I want to say the thing about him is he's not flashy like an Eric Roberts Mm-hmm. But he is consistent. When yes. we see Jason Shane Scott in a Lifetime movie, we know he's going to deliver. And deliver he does. But it's in a very... It's not... Yeah, it's not attention-seeking. He's it's not measured. Flashy. He's... Yeah. Yes, he's very consistent. So that's what Jason Shane Scott looks like. And that's what you can expect from Jason Shane Scott. Aunt Kelly, to give you some grounding in what she looks like, she's blonde, blue-eyed... And she looks kind of like Miss Maple Syrup 1998. <laughs> She's got kind of like a a local beauty look about her. So after we've met Maddie the villain and Dominic, Coach Dominic, we go to Aunt Kelly meeting Coach Dominic by... Dancing on the sidelines at soccer tryouts. Yeah. Boy, does she dance. I mean, she is like, you go, girl, which is actually what she says. Uh, And mind you, these are tryouts, and obviously she wants to be supportive of her niece. But it is just over the top. And I, for one, am loving the absurdity of her reactions to the soccer tryouts. I don't want to watch something and, and think this is true to life. I don't want to, we're not turning to this for reality. I don't want it to be a realistic meet cute. Yeah. So one thing I do want to mention, just because it happens in this scene, Aunt Kelly is trying to bribe Dominic 
with a coffee to find out about Maddie's prospects on the team. Yep. And Maddie comes in embarrassed that her aunt is flirting with her coach and that yeah. she's trying to like find out something she shouldn't know at that sure. time, like jumping the line or whatever you want mm-hmm. to call it. The actress who plays Maddie when they're making these little jokes about coffee delivers a line. She goes, I'm better off not knowing. And I didn't do a good job doing it there, but she says this line about them having their coffee date. And I just want to take a moment to give praise. She hit that line. She, mm-hmm. It was supposed to be a funny line. She hits it and her delivery was actually funny. I mean, it's not Catherine O'Hara funny, but I smiled, and I don't know if I've done that mm-hmm. at other times for a funny lifetime moment. Yeah, it was a well-timed line. Yes, I just wanted to praise that because I think she did a good job throughout, and she hit a comedic line, which was refreshing. And to that we say, brava, Evan yes. Friedman. So we find out during this practice, or one of the practices, that Maddie the villain is emancipated, and her parents are also dead. I want to ask you, I really thought it would turn out that Maddie had killed her parents so that she could pursue Dominic. Is Mm. that what you thought as well? Well, certainly later on in the film, and I don't think we're giving anything away here, but it's mentioned that her parents uh, died in a house fire. Yeah. Yes. And there is another line that will come up later that would further support our thinking like maybe... That should have been the case. Yeah. So then we see Maddie taking a picture of Dominic in the shower at school. Mm-hmm. And at the next practice, she asks Dominic for his number in case she's running late. He asks her to keep it between them. Yes. And she says she's great at keeping secrets. Yeah. <laughs> Maddie then poisons another coach who doesn't like Dominic, yes. and she ends up in a coma. Yes. with uh, She poisons her sandwich, right? She does. And because of this moment, I found it really hard to root for the coach. Because this other coach, during her entire scene, she is talking with her mouth full of sandwich. <laughs> you know, really... Showing the cud of food in her mouth. Yes. It was so gross. And of course, I never think just because you talk with food in your mouth that you deserve to end up in a coma. But she was being so grotesque about it that it you really weren't on her side as right. I think as much as I think you should have been. Coach Hendricks is not a likable character. No. Helene UD, the actress playing her, did a fine job of... She did. I mean, I guess because... Or was it poisoned? Or rather, I guess she has some allergy? She had a peanut allergy. And Maddie steals her EpiPen. Yes. And we see her holding up her EpiPen while she's struggling, and we later find out that she's in a coma. Yes, and that also is shocking because everyone I know who has nut allergies, I don't know that they would end up in a coma. Because it's anaphylaxis, usually, Uh that you have. It's not like a sensitivity. Yeah. And so I would have expected her not to end up in a coma. I would have expected her to end up dead. Yes. But I guess someone got to her soon enough that she's in a vegetative state or something. Right, and we don't hear from Coach Hendricks again after that while she's in the coma. We probably should, should change the name of this podcast to... An unfair amount of scrutiny with Elizabeth and Matt. (laughs) Because I'm like digging in on their peanut allergy even. Mm -hmm. So then we cut to Riley, who is a smaller character. He's the love interest for Amber, but they never even make it to a date. Yeah. He has brown hair. You don't need to know much about him. He tells Amber that... Maddie was weird. He got to know her, I think, the previous year, and he asked her on a couple of dates, Mm -hmm. but she seemed weird. And he says he wants to date Amber. This is a moment where I'm going to guess slash assume 
that the writer of this movie is a man and that he is 40 plus. I am not a betting woman, but I would bet $20 on this, which is a lot for me. (laughs) Any money is a lot for me. Because Amber delivers the line. Riley has asked her if they can get to know each other better. And Amber agrees with the line, why not? I'm a sucker for a hard luck case. (laughs) Which is exactly how teenage girls speak. Yeah. And Maddie also later says that there will be enough booze to drop a bull elephant at a party. Yes. (laughs) Which is, again... Not how teenage girls speak. Moving on. So we then see practice and Dominic, Coach Dominic is showing Amber, um, giving her some instruction. And we see Maddie Maddie visibly upset (laughs) at the fact that he is trying to show her uh, a soccer skill. And... She then takes a dive, essentially, and flops and fakes an ankle injury, at which point she is carried by Coach Dominic to the locker room. And he is trying to tend to her, ask her about the injury. He's talking about his his first soccer injury. And he grabs her ankle and is like, does that how does that feel? Does that hurt? And and then of course Maddie is fully in for him touching her ankle, and is oh, it feels really nice when you when when you touch it, and uh, it, which makes Coach Dominic realize okay, I really shouldn't be in here in the locker room, and uh, then he offers to get her an ice pack which he's then looking for while he's looking for the ice pack in the locker room. Maddie ducks behind a shower stall Mm -hmm. and begins just tossing her clothes uh, on the floor. uh, So we can visibly see that she is undressing and uh, that's all very uncomfortable for uh, (laughs) coach Dominic. And what he responds with is that he's seeing someone. Yes. So much of this is troubling. So there's a lot happening here. First of all, I appreciate that this movie introduced the concept of soccer tears and faked injuries. Because if you have ever watched a professional soccer game, at some point in the game, one player, multiple players will be isolated on a field, completely alone, and throw themselves down (laughs) and just cry. (laughs) You know, oh, I've got an injury. So I appreciated that soccer players who often pretend to be actors in these moments, well, now we've got actors pretending to be soccer players, pretending to be actors. (laughs) It's a very uh, Victor Victoria moment. (laughs) Quite layered. I I think. I've never seen that. So we're just going to hope my reference is accurate. (laughs) Who knows? So I appreciated that they introduced that concept. (sighs) My first question was, and this is a question based on the seeming affluence of the school. The school is a nice school. It's a well cared for school. There are facilities. They have a field to play soccer in. The soccer goals are marked i don't remember if the i don't think the field is actually marked but it did not seem like a school that's struggling financially i mean they can afford to hire as an assistant coach a former fifa trophy winner for the dragons i'll have you know so my question is why did he take her into the locker room And not the trainer's room. Yeah. Because I assure you, this is a school that has a trainer's room. Yeah. And that is where he should have taken I attended a small public high school. We had not only had a trainer's room, we had a trainer who would tend to such things. And an assistant trainer. You went to a small public high school in a good district. You were not underfunded. I'm saying I acknowledge that there are schools where they're... Physical education programs are completely underfunded. 
I'm, this is not a judgment of those schools. This is a judgment of his choice at this well-funded school. Right. Yep. Just being clear. Mm -hmm. Because it's not, I'm not making, I don't know what a coach would do at a school where you did not have a trainer's room, but this school had a trainer's room. Yeah. This is probably a school that also had like a weight room for their athletes. Mm -hmm. It seemed. Oh yeah, because we see for. Jason's Shan Scott yes. pumping oh my iron God. and yes, taking I advantage about of the weight that. room. So we know there was a weight room multiple times throughout yes. the film. He is like he, I said, no stranger to P ninety X. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this guy knows his way around weights. Yes. I think there are weights in P ninety X, although no clue. So that was my first question. My second question was, why did he continue to speak to her for? A full 73 seconds after she is undressed. Yeah. And granted, she is standing behind either the wall, like the half wall yeah. for a row of showers or a row of lockers or something. Her, She is covered by a structure. Yeah, you can see her head. But... And you can see the tops of her shoulders. So yes. you can see that she's not wearing a sports bra or anything. Sure. My point is... Once it is clear that she has undressed, you bolt out of there mm-hmm. so fast, yeah. it'll make Snowpiercer look slow. <laughs> That's a throwback to a previous episode. <laughs> <laughs> there is no reason why he should have stayed after it was clear she yeah, was undressed. Yeah, you turn tail and you get out of there. The wrong student? More like the wrong reaction. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a Lifetime movie in like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> they like to take, I mean, you could, it's, they, you could use any word. The wrong rock. We're going to get into that later. Okay. We are. Okay. So then we go to Maddie spying on Dominic and Kelly's date. Yes. And then Riley, the love interest, breaks into Maddie's apartment. Maddie, because she's emancipated is and she's 18 she's able to live in an apartment by herself right he breaks into this apartment sees that her wall is covered in a million pictures of the coach including headshots like lots of headshots yeah Uh, you know i'd be curious to ask like ronaldo or like Oh, you know who I bet would have headshots? I was thinking, like, do soccer players, like even stars, have an abundance of headshots? Different shots, different uh-huh. looks, different clothes. But I bet someone like Beckham would actually have headshots because he he's someone who, like, pretty quickly transitioned from, like, soccer star to cultural figure. yeah. But also, I mean, I would think for memorabilia purposes, if there are collectible stickers, calendars. My question was not, why did he have any headshots? Uh It was, this seems like an actor's level of different shots, different settings, different sittings, Uh you know? Okay, yeah. Not important. I mean, Major League Baseball teams have photo day. How many photos would you take, though? Well, they're shooting for, like, baseball cards and also team promotional items. You would take a bunch of different setups. Okay, but is the different setups, is it like, oh my God, I'm going to try. Is it Cindergard sits down oh my gosh. <laughs> on a, on a chair himself and he takes that, takes that like, you know, school picture day shot where he's like kind of <laughs> half turned away, half looking to the camera and he's giving it like. A blank stare because athletes aren't supposed to smile. There's that one. And then setup two is like him pretending to pitch. Yeah. And then setup three. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I knew he was a pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> so setup three. I'm so pleased. Is him with the rest of the pitchers. Setup four is him with the full team. Mm-hmm. Is that how it would play out? Or would it be like, here's Cindergard smiling here's a serious one here's sultry like that's the the question I have is like are we getting different groups and different poses or are we getting like looks uh I think the first I think the first but there might who knows there might be enough 
promotional needs that a team's PR department would sure. want. And I'm just tickled pink that you cited Noah Syndergaard. Yes. Well, I... Yeah, I'm I'm proud of myself. As you should. <laughs> so, so he sees all these pictures of Coach on the wall, and it really does look like a 14-year-old who found her first tiger beat. I mean, they are everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and... Maddie texts, Maddie has like a home security system and she sees him in her apartment. So she texts him as Amber. Riley then goes into a trap that she's set up where they meet at midnight at the Mm -hmm. school. And Maddie stabs Riley with. It is a knife. I think we think. Potentially. Yeah. It is a knife or it is one half of a pair of kitchen shears. Yes. There is a hole in it. That looks like the hole that would slide the the knob from the other side of kitchen shears. And yes. It looks... We've taken our kitchen shears apart after, you know, Matt will use them to, like, break down a chicken. And it had a very... One half yes. of the shears mm-hmm. look to it. Yep. I don't know why that we really stuck on that. Yes. It was it was an odd aesthetic choice. I feel like when you see lifetime villains killing someone, typically what you see them using is like your classic chef's knife. Yes. It's wide, it catches the light. It's easily accessible. Yes. Now maybe we chose something different for Maddie because she commits many of her murders on the go. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. she couldn't take the, the kitchen knife. <laughs> the convenience of Yes. So he's dead. The police pick up Amber because Maddie was dressed to look like Amber and she was wearing an Amber wig, which is interesting because they have very similar hair to begin with. Yes. And well, yeah, I don't know why you'd do that. They look similar enough to begin with that I would just wear a coat with a hood. Well, yeah, you know, teenage murderers aren't thinking of all the details. (laughs) So they police pick up Amber because someone who looks like her bought a disposable phone and texted Riley and they think it was her mm-hmm. based on the footage. But then they discover that the hairs on Riley were synthetic and they realize that Amber is being framed. Now, maybe that's why they did it, because most people know that testing of hair would take much longer to figure out who the person is yeah. based on the hair, but that you could very quickly tell if it was fake hair. Sure. So maybe that's why they did it. And they realize Amber is being framed. Maddie's reign of terror has not stopped. She next throws a rock that says, leave Dominic alone through Kelly's window. And shortly thereafter, we find Maddie at a party and she texts Coach Dominic that she's drunk and needs a ride home. And Coach Dominic, ever there for his players, springs into action, comes to the party to pick her up. And she tries to kiss him. And he pulls away just before their lips touch while in his car. And she screams, I chose you, you're mine. And he kicks her out of his car. Again. I'm going to support the changing of this movie title from The Wrong Student to The Wrong Reaction because their lips were so close that if Matt... Let's just change this to an adult. If I saw Matt's lips this close to an adult woman's lips, I would say... You as good as cheated on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's why. Putting you in that scenario with an adult woman. No, let's take you out of this. <laughs> <gonna be> t- <laughs> take me out of the scenario. Take, take you out of this scenario. Just explaining why I would feel like you as good as cheated. It was because Jason Shane Scott's reaction to her. She makes a slow approach to his face. Yeah. And at no point does he 
move his head back, turn his face away until the fraction of the second before her lips touch his lips. And to me, if I see a face coming at my face that I am not interested in, (laughs) I'm moving. Things are like, it's not, you are not approaching a mannequin if you are approaching my face trying to get a kiss in. Things are, you know, I'll be bobbing and weaving. (laughs) Neck will move back. Face will turn completely. I would get out of the car. I mean, I would solve it somehow. And I'm not, I'm not saying this applies when someone has like sneak attack kissed you with like a sucker punch style kiss. But that was not this, friends. This was very comparable to standing and talking to someone naked for 73 seconds. It was not, he did not fight this. Too close for comfort. Okay, so moving on. So, Maddie gets kicked out of the car. We then see Dominic going to Aunt Kelly's house. She tells him about the rock thrown through a window. Mm -hmm. And he, of course, puts it together and says it must have been Maddie. We then see... Maddie sob screaming into her <laughs> bed, surrounded by her pictures of Coach Dominic. She's torn them off the wall, and they now surround her on the bed and the floor. Yes, but there's still a ton on the wall. There are still a ton. I mean, she didn't have the time. She had to get to the sobbing. Yeah, right. Uh, and then furthering her campaign of terror against Aunt Kelly... We go to her office, which is trashed, and on the whiteboard... Kelly's office is trashed. Yeah. um, On the whiteboard, it's written, I warned you. (laughs) Just want to mention, also, two things happen in this scene. One, Vivica A. Fox is there. Mm -hmm. Vivica A. Fox has popped up other times. Her character is so secondary that we... It would have taken unnecessary time to explain the interactions and they don't further the plot. So we didn't bring her up, but you should know she looks beautiful. She does good work. I always want more of her when she appears in one of these lifetimes. She produced this film. Yes. Which may be why she doesn't have a more Mm -hmm. central role. Maybe the work of producing it is a lot, or maybe she just doesn't feel like it. Maybe she gets paid well enough to be a secondary character and that's, all she wants to do and she wants to focus on the production end. I don't know. I'm just saying, fan reaction, I wanted more Vivica A. Fox. Yeah. The second thing that happens in this moment is there is a sign on the wall of Kelly's office that says, family. <laughs> and that is a level of coziness and messaging of love and comfort that should be present in their home yes. and not her office. Those people are not your family. Your niece is your, your family and she is struggling. Put that family sign at home. It would look so incongruous at this house though because futsy is fusty. Is that the word? Okay. Musty is the other word I would have used to describe their uh-huh. home. Just Dark and dank, dusty, musty, old. With nary a dance like nobody's watching yes, sign. Some of that messaging might be nice for this mm-hmm. traumatized young girl. The way that Aunt Kelly dances at these soccer tryouts, she should learn to dance in the rain, it would seem. <laughs> or she should be trying to dance when no one is watching. Not, yes. that, not like no one's <laughs> yes. watching. So, you are mine is written on Dominic's windshield. Yes. (laughs) He reacts in a very nonchalant way, too. I think he even drives the car, which is the part, you know, some of the reactions to these things, I'm like, I mean, police are the the first call. Don't even get in the car. What if you're destroying evidence? That's not like an egg on your car. You are mine is more aggressive, more violent. Just one lady's opinion. We are ramping up to the climax of this movie. Yes. Amber is home alone and she hears noises in this house. How she hears them is beyond me. Yeah. Because this house is so big. If someone threw a glass on the floor in the kitchen, 
you would never hear it Mm -hmm. from the bedroom wing. Yeah. But so she hears a noise and she wanders this echoey, (laughs) gigantic mansion. Follow-up question. They just moved there. Did they buy the house furnished? How did Kelly... (laughs) We've been living in a house for six months and... When I tell you there is nada in this house except donated furniture from relatives, I'm not exaggerating. How did she have the time to find all these? Maybe her business is also a furniture. Maybe she knows knows a furniture stocking company. Maybe. So Amber wanders this maze like house. And finds Maddie in a black silk robe. And we learn that Maddie's parents took her to see Dominic play. And Maddie thought that he would love her. Mm -hmm. Now again, as further evidence for this movie title to be changed to The Wrong Reaction, when Amber enters the room... And finds a classmate who had no business being in her house wearing a silk robe. Which alone is enough to have a reaction. Maddie's knife is visible at her side the entire time. Amber does not move. She does not try to inch backward during Maddie's Uh minutes long speech. Sure. Then as Maddie starts to approach her knife out, Amber does not move also. (laughs) If these things happen faster or if she sneak attacked her, tied her up and then gave her the little speech about my parents took me to see him. I thought he'd love me, etc then it feels more plausible to me. Mm-hmm. So we're in this climactic confrontation. Yes. And we then find Aunt Kelly. Uh, she asks Dominic to go check on Amber. Once the two of them kind of compare notes, she talks about her office being vandalized. He talks about her car being vandalized. And Kelly tells uh, her business partner, played by Vivica A. Fox, to call the cops. Kelly goes straight to the house, finding Amber tied up. Uh, Maddie's in that wig and the robe because Dominic liked it on Aunt Kelly (laughs) uh, last night. And Maddie is hysterically crying, says that he, to to Dominic, that he threw her away like trash and she would die and would kill for him. I mean, this is all very impassioned, especially considering in the earlier uh, diatribe that she had given um, when in the car with Coach Dominic, she talked about uh, wanting to crawl under his skin, I believe, was, oh, the, was, it was the line that was... I did uh, not I, even notice oh, that. Oh, yeah, Ooh. that really stuck out. Yes. Yuck. <laughs> is this a... Silence of the Lambs situation. Is that why she's always carrying the knife? She's trying to... <laughs> she's going to get under his skin one way or another. I saw no trace of Chianti or Faba Beans, but... Uh... So where were we in the actual scene? Well, Kelly sees Amber tied up with Maddie yes. brandishing her knife. Yes. And meanwhile, she... Tries to kind of go around the back way. Yes. So she can surprise Maddie. Takes a skillet off the stove. Whacks her with it. Is able to disengage. Get the knife away. Dominic unties Amber. Yes. Now, I'm just going to pause on something that happened in the scene. We said earlier that we thought there was a possibility that Maddie killed her parents I found it really confusing because in this scene, before Aunt Kelly sneaks in the back, Maddie says to Dominic, when your whore gets here, I'm going to burn this place to the ground. Oh, gosh. I don't remember that. (laughs) No. Which really made me think that the writer intended to have Maddie have killed her parents who were supposed to have died in a fire 
but then it got edited out for time or something because it seemed a little odd that she didn't say when she gets here, I'm going to kill all of you or I'm going to kill her and then you or something that the method of killing was a house fire, which was also the method of death for her parents. That seemed to me to be a moment where it was like, you should have revealed she'd killed her parents to get to Dominic or something. Uh-huh. Otherwise, why have her use the same method of death for these people as was present for her parents? Right. You know, it's fine. It's These are not big things. It's just, I, I suspect that was how the writer originally wrote it and then something got changed. So... Kelly sneaks in, hits Maddie with the skillet. There are always skillets on the stove in Lifetime movies. No one ever puts anything away. Especially in a house like this, where you would definitely have the cupboard cupboard space to put away all your pots and pans. Uh, Aunt Kelly gets the knife away. Dominic unties Amber. Then we go to Amber scoring a goal. She's going out with friends. She has lots of friends now. And Kelly and Dominic flirtatiously kick the ball. And Aunt Kelly says, I don't know a lot about soccer, but I do know it's hands free, at least until after the lesson. (laughs) Yes, that was a great line. Also, this like flirtatious moment is happening while the whole team is there and there seem to be spectators like parents and what have you. Keep it in your pants, coach. You're at work. (laughs) All right. Shall we move on to trivia? Why not? And boy, is there a lot. Good. I'm going to try to keep it to the choicest bits for for, for this week. I do want to start with a little bit of background on the fact that this movie is titled The Wrong Student. Okay. And as we have both talked about, there are other movies so in the many. wrong series. How many movies do you think are part of the wrong series? Now, do we know that it's a sanctioned series? Yes. This, okay. So yes. this is like at 17. It's, okay. Oh, but 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 much more robust Extensive. because Vivica Fox, Vivica A. Fox is the producer for all of them. on all of them okay. and it is the same director for all of them. Good for well. you, Vivica. Well, hopefully not in all of them does he use that film technique right yes that made me think i had stuff in my eye and now is not a time to be touching our eyes folks i think we can all agree on that yes um so how many are in the wrong series seven 25 okay i was hoping it would be something that (laughs) high. yes now do we have the titles for all of them we do as a matter of fact uh there was an interview earlier this year on people.com where they had Vivica A. Fox answer 25 wrong questions to celebrate the Lifetime yes. movies. Her favorite. Okay. Uh, I will share with you what, because we'll do other wrong movies yes, probably. Yes, we will. Probably um, in like a month. Her favorite movie of the series is The Wrong Real Estate Agent. Okay. That's so, one we can't relate to. We had an amazing real estate agent. That's true. I could do an entire episode on trivia about Vivica A. Fox alone. But I will just do a very simple question. Mm -hmm. What does the A stand for, do you think? Um, Alice. And Janetta. Okay. So I thought if we're going to be doing other Vivica A. Fox movies, I should at least know what the A stands for. Yes. And one other thing, we've talked about music videos a lot in this podcast. Yes. I will not make you guess this song because there is no way that you would, but um, she actually started her career as a soul train dancer in the early 80s. And shortly after she was on soul train as a dancer, she was in a music video for a notable all-female band called Climax, okay. uh, who had a big hit in 1985 with Meeting in the Ladies' Room. Okay. I encourage 
you listeners to check out Climax and Meeting in the Ladies Room. Great song. And uh, apparently Vivica Fox is in the music video. With that said, on to the director, David Ducoteau. He has a long directorial career, even outside of the 25 films of the Wrong franchise. Okay. Um, he directed, he's directed a lot of horror films, um, okay. which some of which are just bizarre, um, like Wolves of Wall Street. Okay. Um, uh, Yikes. And uh, I can, I, I will say, I can see the logic behind getting someone who had directed a horror movie to do a lifetime non Christmas movie because it's all about creating suspense. Mm-hmm. And sort of like toying with the audience's expectations building up to the climax. So I can see where their thought process was on that. Right. Right. He also directed a movie with one of our very favorite actors playing the voice of a talking animal, which we have thought about recently. No way. He did a talking cat? Yes. With... Eric Roberts. Yes, David Decoteau was the director of A Talking Cat. I am going to then move on to Jessica Morris and Kelly. Uh, She has been in several of the Wrong Movie series. The Wrong Roommate, um, The Wrong Fiance, and The Wrong Mommy. Those last two were with Jason Shane Scott. Okay. So So we've got a real... uh... Yeah. Hepburn Tracy situation. Oh, most definitely. (laughs) And, And they've actually both... Uh, certainly Jason Shane Scott has worked with this director before um, all the way back to when he was in the movie Wolves of Wall Street in 2002 Um, not starring Leonardo DiCaprio Um, I mean in this case Wolves of Wall Street predated The Wolf of Wall Street by a good what? Wolves of Wall Street was a 2002 film Um, now Wolf of Wall Street was based on, I think, a book. Didn't the guy who commit the crimes all, wrote all the wrote a book about it? Uh, I've never seen the movie, but uh, neither have it, I. But I, it was my yeah. understanding that the guy who is the central figure, the one who DiCaprio plays, yes, I believe he was arrested, mm-hmm. and I believe he wrote a book about the okay. whole thing. That makes and sense. And I'm wondering if the title was Wolf of Wall Street. Could be, could be, yeah. And, I mean, in this case, it's... I watched a clip of the movie. It's werewolves. Um, okay. Uh, so, um, so sure. there's that. Um, okay. So, the other thing about Jessica Morris, apart from all the wrong movies she's been in, she was also in a film, Pool Boy Nightmare, which... I don't think we've seen, but it seems like I it think would it's be. on our list of ones yeah. we've we thought we might have seen and wanted to right. potentially revisit. So Jessica Morris, looking forward to more of your work. Yes. Uh, she was also on One Life to Live for many years. Okay. Uh, not surprisingly, Jason Shane Scott, who we'll move to yeah. next, was also on One Life to Live. It looked like their careers on that show may have briefly overlapped, but okay. I'm not sure. Um Jason Shane Scott, wonderful bit of trivia about how he got his name. Jason Shane, the hyphenate, was... Oh, I didn't know that was hyphenated. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. It is, it is a hyphenate. And apparently, per IMDb, his mother wanted to name him Jason. And his dad wanted to name him Shane. And his father wanted to name him Shane because of... If there's a famous Shane, I'm I. It is not coming to mind. So there's a, a famous old movie called Shane. Oh, Shane the Movie. Yes, okay. which I, I oh, figured you might Western. have seen because you've seen so many old sure. classic films. I actually have seen Shane mm-hmm. once, mm-hmm. very very long time ago. I can't say I remember anything about yeah. it. Okay, that's interesting. So that was their compromise, and that's how we got his. Hyphenate name. You know, the thing about that is, it's a compromise, but the punishment really resides with the child. Can you imagine doing Scantron tests as Jason Shane Scott? I mean, your first name takes, you have, you max out the letters. I think Jason Shane Scott and Matthew Caparelletti are probably about the same length, but yes. I don't know. Jason has... Five. Shane has five. So that's ten. 
plus a hyphen. That's eleven. Plus a hyphen. I think they max out at one letter less than is in my first name. Right. I'm just saying it's yeah. it's valuable seconds it's, he did not have for not SAT ACT. Sure. Just yeah. <laughs> irrelevant. Okay, continuing on. Continuing with music videos, he was in two Aerosmith videos in the 90s uh, for songs I do not recall. Okay. Called One is called Love is Hard on Your Knees. And if that's about what I think it's about, first of all, I laughed when Matt said it. I don't think I did it audibly, but there was like a <laughs> visceral, like, took my face back kind of laugh. <laughs> if that's about what I think it's about, that is so unsubtle as to be laughable and gross. Now, if he's talking about, like, it brings you to your knees, like... It breaks you down, you're begging. That's another thing. But I think they wanted the double entendre there. And can we really call something a double entendre when it's that unsubtle? Mm. Is it an an entendre if you are being punched in the face with it? That's my question. Yes. Okay, so... Worth pondering. The other one is called Hole in My Soul. He has actually written a number of films as well, Jason Chan Scott, (laughs) in the Lifetime universe, uh, some of which we probably have either seen or would see, and that he starred in. So he was the writer on such films as Deadly Daughter Switch. Okay. And Engaged to a Psycho. Okay. So, you know, bravo, Jason Chan Scott, for uh, for just, you know, being well-rounded. Sure. Able to act, write. What can't you do? You can play for the dragons, win FIFA trophies. If you want to know one bit about Evan, is it... Her name is spelled like Evan, but with Anne on the end. I would, would say Evan. Evan Friedman. So, apologies. But I have no yeah. way of knowing. So one bit about her. Uh, well, uh, she was on a show called Awkward, which I remember. Which was very successful on the mm-hmm. MTV. You know what? And I think it was supposed to be some sort of comedy. I did not watch it, but I think based on commercials Mm -hmm. that I had seen, it was supposed to be like embarrassing moments from your coming of age kind of deal. Uh And I assume that there's an element of humor to that. And so I think she's well suited to that. Based on that line and the fact that I even noticed it, I I would think she would have a successful... Yeah, she hasn't been in a ton, um, but that was one thing that uh, that stood out. Well, you know what, Lifetime? She didn't do bad with drama either. I'd, yeah. I'd put her in some other things. It's been like three years since she was in this as a high school student. She's now old enough to play a woman who has a 15-year-old daughter. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's how Hollywood works. Yeah. I want to see her as a, you know, in a mommy group murder type movie. I want to <laughs> see her... Yeah, I mean, let's let's get her working. Sure. Okay. Well, good trivia. Thank you. Get used to some of these people because you will be seeing them again, probably in not our next episode, but the following one. I think we're revisiting more wrong movies. Yes, as we should. They are fertile ground. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Vivica A. Fox. Yes. And also, Vivica A. Fox, I get it. Producing a cycle of 25 movies is a lot. That being said, we like your face, too. I want to see more of your face. (laughs) Good trivia. Thank you. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at husbandandwifetime at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at husbandandwifetime or on Twitter at husband wife time if you like this episode please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts thanks bye bye